Hi, I'm Dave Salter, and you've landed on Connect and Convert, the podcast where we share insider secrets for small business sales success. I'm joined today, as always, by Dennis Collins, our resident sales training expert. Dennis, good to see you this morning. How are you, Dave? I'm doing really well. Thank you for asking. And right, we're uh, gonna stir it up today. I'm gonna stir you up real right, right off the bat. All right, crank me right up off, here. Come right on, let's go. <laughs> I don't know if you're a basketball fan or at all, but uh, yeah, slightly. It wasn't too long ago. So I, I confession, I'm a I've been I don't watch the NBA much anymore, but back in the day I was a big 76ers fan. Okay. Yeah, I was too. So they had this youngster named Allen Iverson and Allen, Allen was infamous for not practicing very often. There was a particular instance where he was in a press conference after a, a game that they had lost and a reporter asked him about his lack of practice. And it's a famous, like you could Google it now. He said, practice? We're talking about practice? And he, <laughs> on this reporter about his feeling that practice was not very significant to him. Whereas as a coach, I would argue that practice is, is pretty important, not only for the individual, but also for the team. And also practicing with a purpose. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about practice. And uh, you've also got some lessons you've learned from Top Gun that relate yeah. to practice, did, haven't did you, you? Did you see those movies, Top Gun movies? Did Both of them. What do you think of those movies? Aren't they something? I'll tell you what, the original, when the original's on regular TV, I always watch it. Yeah. Always. Yeah. It's, I've seen both of them multiple times i don't know what it is the fascination maybe it's my secret desire to be a navy naval fighter pilot i don't know but never made it to the navy fighter pilot school but anyway let's how does this relate to business we're supposed to be talking about business right here's some news if i were to visit your business today and i did an observation of how your team is practicing if they practice if they practice at all how they are practicing what they learned I will bet you a lot of money that they're either not practicing or practicing incorrectly. Incorrect practice is almost as bad as no practice at all. What is practice? I don't know. What were you told, Dave? I was told repetition, 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 just do it over and over. What does it make a difference how and how often and what you practice? Probably does. Wow. I, I coach basketball. So I'm always telling my girls basketball is a game of repetition it, from a skill standpoint. But I just actually went through postseason meetings with my players to give them specific practice instructions for the offseason because every player has a different responsibility and yep. or a different skill set that they need to practice. Then you're already pretty much ahead of the curve of most small business owners. <laughs> <laughs> here's the deal if you're training if you're doing training either personally or professionally and you're not seeing any improvement you are training the wrong way and i will ask our small business owner listeners who how many training dollars are being wasted because the training is never installed you either forget it very quickly as we've talked about in another podcast 
or it just never gets installed. It never gets internalized. Billions of dollars, Dave, 60 billion wasted per year. So Dennis, I want you to do a quick breakdown because you've done, you, you've explained this to me, those dollars get lost. So there's a lack of a sale. There's, there, there's a couple different places where that money get that training money gets lost. It's, too, it's a double barreled problem. Number one, according to the Evinghaus forgetting curve, as you may have heard in previous podcasts, you're going to forget what you learned today in 24 hours and 90% in one week. Okay. How much does that cost you in training? I would suggest if you spend $100,000 a year in training, that $90,000 of that is probably wasted unless, unless you do some interventions. That's what we want to talk about today. So tell me a little bit more about this Top Gun style of training. Yeah. You and I, neither you and I, are both beyond the age of being able to be a naval aviator, but we can certainly apply this to sales training. We can. The movie certainly dramatized what goes on in Top Gun, but yeah, the movie's cool and great to watch. But I'm not talking about the movie here. I'm talking about what actually goes on in Top Gun training. As it's a real thing. It's not some fictional thing that the movies made up. And here's some of the myths and the problem training and thinking about training. One of the things I was told, you just need to try harder, son. To get better, you just need to put more effort in. Ever heard that? Yeah, absolutely. And here's another one. If you do something long enough, you're just going to get better. <laughs> yeah, I wish that were true. We spend too much time, Dave, rehearsing and practicing stuff that we already know and not enough time on things we need to know, but don't. I'll give you a personal example. Tennis. I love to play when I have various coaches over the years. And guess what I preferred to hit? The forehand, because I hit it well. Okay. I wanted to hit my forehand. My backhand sucked. Okay. But <laughs> Because it was painful. I didn't do it well. How many of us in sales training do the thing that's easy for us, the forehand, and skip the stuff that's hard? All of us. Okay. That's human nature, right? Seems to me. How about, here's another one. Stay in your job long enough and you'll become an expert. <laughs> uh, I met a lot of people who had uh, 30 years of experience one year at a time. Sales training, Dave, and I was a consumer of sales training for many right. years. It's focused on knowledge. Okay, that's cool. You got to have the knowledge. But what is it that you're trying to train salespeople for? For skills. Okay. And then there's the old 10-hour myth. I don't know who created that. Somebody wrote that in a book somewhere. If you do something for 10,000 hours, you're an expert. I'll agree with part of that, that becoming an expert requires time, time to do it but I don't agree with the rest of it. It's what you do with that time. It's how you spend the time that makes the difference. I'm talking about here deliberate practice. That's the kind of practice Top Gun uses. They practice with a purpose. It's all about doing work, but it's all about getting out there and flying the plane, making mistakes, making mistakes, getting instant feedback, making corrections, and perfecting a specific skill. 
There's more to that story, though, because in the movie and in real life, actually, Top Gun aviators are already the best of the best. That's how they got chosen. So the Top Gun school takes the best and makes them even better, makes them. Well said, Dave. It was it was founded as the United States Navy Fighter Weapons School. That was the official title, but it became nicknamed the Top Gun. Okay, right. here's why they did it. The naval aviator aviators were losing too many dog or in the mid 60s. Right. They were doing pretty well, about a five to one kill ratio, five of theirs for every one of ours, which is mm-hmm. not great, but not bad. But in 1968, all of a sudden it went down two to one. We were losing one of our planes for every two that we shot down. A guy named Captain Frank Alt, a Navy captain, was said, fix this, Captain. That is how Top Gun got born. What's the concept? Train people who are already trained. And you said it, Dave, they're already trained on the job, but they were not properly trained. What happened was that the naval pilots were trained to use missiles and technology. And in the Vietnam War, those were ineffective. Correct. They forgot how to dogfight. They forgot how to go head to head with a Russian MiG and win that battle. Right. Top Gun School was created to give them very quickly that skill. Yeah, that was not, and if I remember the movie correctly, it was only, it's only like a five week training yeah, program. It's so very, it's, not it's a, very brief. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a, it's not like going to college for four years. It's a quick, a very specific set of skills they want to teach you in a very short amount of time. It's basically based on continuously pushing your, your current ability. Okay. Right. If you, some of the videos from that, even though it's a movie, but wow. These guys were told and taught to do things they didn't think they could do to an airplane, and they didn't think they could do to themselves. They pushed themselves past their own ability. Push yourself. Landing on your butt a hundred, maybe a thousand times. They had a red team and a blue team. The red team were the trainers. These guys were even better pilots than top gun pilots. The blue team were the top gun pilots. For the first two weeks, the blue team lost dogfight. The red team outfoxed them. The trainers outfoxed them in every dogfight. That's mm-hmm. humiliating to some of the guys who think they're the best pilots in the world. That's where it started. They made mistakes. It includes elements as, as uh, against realistic training scenarios. They actually used some real Russian MiGs in mm-hmm. Top Gun training. So they made it as realistic as they possibly could. So the one of the things that you didn't gloss over, but it, so this requires a, a mentor mentee approach, right? So you've got this really elite world-class aviator who's now the coach, if you will, to this up and coming guy that's got lots of skills and ability, but isn't at the level that they want him to be at. So talk a little bit about that that mentor relationship and getting that that all-star to be a superstar. There's a couple elements in Top Gun that I think we can take a lesson from in business. Number one, 
it's designed to improve a specific performance. So they outlined exactly what they wanted these pilots to do, and it's designed to make improvements. So they take the baseline and then they measure improvement. Secondly, it requires a mentor, a coach, a teacher, okay? Outside eyes, unbiased. We just can't evaluate ourselves very objectively. Right. Needs another perspective. And a lot of people say, I don't need a coach. Newsflash <laughs> for you. The world's best in anything, in athletics, in fighting, in the Navy, all of them have coaches. The world's best have coaches. Push yourself to practice the thing that you can't quite do. It hurts. That's why we don't do it. That's why so few people do it. Sure. We don't practice at the edge of our competence. We usually practice what we've done over and over again. Tiger Woods, it's reported. There's so many stories about Tiger Woods. I could do a whole podcast on Tiger Woods. But one of the stories I like is he would take a golf ball, okay, and he'd go into a sand trap. He'd put it down in the sand and he'd step on it. He'd push it down into the sand and then he would try to hit it. Okay. Maybe he'd hit it a hundred times, 200 times. How many times in reality did he ever have a shot just like that? Probably one or two times in his whole career. Yeah. 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 He practiced that to the point of he was totally competent at doing it. Yeah, you'd have to do, you'd have to do the Tiger Woods thing on your own. I'm a Phil Mickelson guy, but <laughs> that's okay. Okay. <laughs> there, there's a guy mentioned in his book, Talent is Overrated. Great book, by the way, Jeff Colvin. Uh, the guy's name is Professor Noel Tichy, T-I-C-H-Y. He came up with an idea of three concentric circles, okay? The inner circle is your comfort zone. The middle circle is your learning zone. And the outer circle is your panic zone. And he says, you must get into the LZ or the learning zone to get any kind of learning that will stick. High repetition in the learning zone. The panic zone, obviously, no learning. The comfort right. zone, you don't even want to learn. Constant feedback. That's what Top Gun people get. They got in the planes, they had videos of everything, and they had radar tracks on everything. They'd come back to the classroom and say, okay, Maverick, how did you do? Mm -hmm. Well, sir, I blah, blah, blah. oh, okay, is that your assessment? Well, you're wrong. Let me show you the video of where you screwed up, mm -hmm. okay? And let me show you the radar track of what you did as opposed to what you should have done, okay? How do we know that Top Gun training works? Well, metrics. The kill ratios before and after. They went from 2.1, and when these pilots went back into battle in Vietnam, 12, point, 12 to 1. 2 to 1 improved to 12 to 1. You talked a little bit about this, but talk, if you could reference the talent code a little bit, because there's there's a disparity, obviously, in skills and talent with salespeople as well as naval aviators. And there, so obviously we need to overcome that challenge before you can start elevating your performance. The talent code speaks to the chemistry of how we learn something. There is a coding called myelin, which coats our nerves, endings, and connections yep. to the brain. According to Daniel Coyle, that myelin is what makes us remember and refire those nerves when needed very quickly. The more myelin you have surrounding that particular nerve, the quicker it fires and the better it remembers how to fire. 
So every time you do deep practice, where you practice at the edge of your competence, you look for your mistakes, you correct the mistakes, and you repractice, that builds myelin very quickly. And so Coyle's point is that's one of the ways that deep practice works. Dennis, let's bring this back now. If you're a small business owner, how does this compare to traditional sales training? How can the Top Gun concept be applied to sales training for a small business owner? It won't be as fun as flying a, a Navy jet at supersonic speeds, but what's going on in your business? Do you have any practice sessions? If so, what do they look like? The Top Gun concept can be applied in this way. The first lesson of Top Gun, the first lesson of deliberate practice is chunking, chunking. Don't try to learn the whole thing at one time. They chunked their skills. Today, we're going to work on X. So the first recommendation I have is, let's look at a sales process. How many chunks are there? Hey, there's the opening of the sale. There's rapport building. There's a sales call agenda. Uh, okay, there's needs identification. There's handling objections and questions. There's options review. There's closing. There's buying signals, recognizing and responding to buying signals. I could go on. Mm -hmm. I just named what, about 10 chunks? Yeah, yeah. Yet- some of us practice those as if they were one chunk. My suggestion to small business owners is take one of those, take opening the sale and break that down into a further chunk and say, today, we're going to practice opening the sale, opening the sale. Yes, that is the chunk we're going to practice until we are perfect at opening the sale. So you're, you're scaring me a little bit because you're talking about chunks and we also talked about golf. So I'm reminded of my golf game when you're talking about chunking and golf. But anyway. Uh... <laughs> well, golf is a fun, I can't play golf. I admire you if you can. It is the most exercise for me that you can possibly imagine. But I did overhear a story once on the golf course. This coach was working with this, this guy and he says, hey, the coach said, what are you doing? He said, hey, coach. It's not practice with a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Practice with a purpose is like we said, chunk it down, set a specific goal for improvement, make mistakes, get feedback and make a correction. You've got another great example from an all time hall of fame baseball player. Tell me about that. You must be talking about the one and only Joe DiMaggio. Yep. The Yankee Clipper played yep. 13 seasons for one team. Had a 325 lifetime batting average. At one time, he had a 56 game hitting streak. 56 games. That's unheard of. Okay. One of the best hitters in the game. He had two things that he did for batting practice. He, a journalist came over to his house one day to write an article about him. And he was interviewing him. And he says, Tell me, Joe, how does it feel to be a natural born hitter? And Joe sat back and he says, Don't ever say that to me. Come with me. He took him down in his basement, and down in his basement, he had a baseball bat, no balls, and he was just swinging, shadow swinging this bat. But he did something. He called out a pitch. He said, okay, that's low and inside. That's a fastball up. That's a slider out. He would call the pitch, and he'd swing as if he were hitting that pitch. And then the guy turned on the lights, Joe turned on the lights, and in his basement, there were thousands of marks of tick marks about how many times he had actually done that. He said, wow. don't ever say ever again that I'm a natural born hitter. Wow. That's just not true. Okay. 
And we could go on and on. There are thousands of stories like this. Deliberate practice works. It works. DiMaggio also had a secret for his outfield play as well, though. He did. He did things that other players didn't do. Okay. He had, he was a center fielder. He was, had exceptional skills as rigorous practice before each game, he would go out there and practice fielding balls in the outfield, but he paid close attention to the way the ball moved on the grass, the way it bounced on the ground. He practiced with intention. He practiced with purpose. Okay. He didn't just go through the motions. I'm sad to say that it took me many years of life before I ever realized this. I wish I had known this sooner. You've got to practice with intention, practice at your edge, not at what you're really good at. And that's the, and that's really the top gun training concept that we've talked about today is practicing with a purpose, trying to practice on your weaknesses to improve those weaknesses so that you can be elite. And this, Dennis, I'm sure you would agree. This applies to any part of your life. Any part in your life. You can apply top gun type training to anything you want to do. A lot of times it's applied to music and sports. Those are the two that are the most, and there's millions of examples of musicians who learned how to play difficult pieces in a very short period of time because they used deliberate practice. They practice each part, each chunk until they got it just right. And then they moved, then and only then they move on to the next one. Awesome. Really good stuff today, Dennis. Thanks for your wisdom and insight today. Folks, that wraps up another edition of Connect and Convert, the podcast that lets you behind the curtain with some insider secrets for small business sales success. This is Dave Salter and Dennis Collins. Thanks for joining us. Next time. See you next time.